How can you parent like an Olympic athlete? And why would you want to? In this episode, you'll discover how you can be the best parent that you can be, worthy of your own gold medal, so that you can develop the game plan and feel confident that you are emphasizing the right things, the right things for you and for your child on this parenting journey. You're listening to The Parenting Junkie Show, the place to go to love parenting and to parent from love. I'm your host, Avital. Hi, I'm Avital. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank you so much for tuning in today. If you are just meeting me for the first time, I'm a mindful parenting coach. I'm the mother of four and my goal is to help you and my fellow imperfect, intentional parents Get rid of the clutter and chaos and manage the conflict and reclaim peace, presence and play for your family. Today we've got a little bit of a strange episode because I am a super non-competitive person and I'm totally not sporty. I don't understand in sports at all. I don't watch sports. I don't play sports. And so it's a little bit of a strange choice for me to compare ourselves as parents to Olympic athletes. But I had to choose something like Olympic athletes to paint you a picture of people who are at the top of their game, of people who are taking themselves and their endeavor and their projects very seriously. Because I've said in the past that being a good parent is not a job, right? In the myth-busting episode, episode number nine, I spoke about it not being a job and instead said that good parenting is a relationship. In other words, you can measure how good a parent you are on the basis of how good a relationship you have with your child. One of my biggest goals in my parenting is that my children feel that I am there for them and that I'm someone they can turn to in times of distress, with problems, with questions, or just to celebrate great things that are going on in their lives, but that they will remain connected to me even throughout teenagehood and adulthood to the extent that is, you know, normal and and what to be expected with adult children and, and their parents, but basically that I continue to be a figure of support in their lives that I've earned their trust and their respect uh, beyond childhood that, you know, while they're still little, I can command their respect and they have to listen to me. And, uh, you know, we can use all sorts of manipulations and tactics for that. But if I play my cards right, then hopefully I'll be able to create enough friendship, enough trust that even a 16-year-old and even a 25-year-old and even a 65-year-old will find some points of connection or some interest in our relationship. There'll be enough unconditional love, not conditioned on what they're doing and if they're pleasing me, that will sustain a true relationship. That's my hope. And so I know that to be great in a relationship, I need to take it seriously. I need to show up. To be a good friend, you need to show up. To be a good daughter, to be a good wife, husband, cousin, you know, neighbor, you actually have to put the investment in. You actually have to care about being good and have some kind of game plan for it. Now, this is kind of strange in a way, because I think most of us don't think of relationships like that. We don't think of ourselves as Olympic athletes trying to be 
good trying to perfect our craft, right? Trying to improve and improve and improve and beat our previous record at how good we can be. We don't think of ourselves as constantly training to take ourselves to the next level. We kind of just think, well, I got married and this is our relationship. This is how it is, right? Or, well, I'm a mom or I'm a dad and this is what my relationship with my child is. And we can sometimes be plagued by the feeling that we're not doing enough, that we're not good enough, that we're messing it up, right? That we're not on it, that we're not a good curriculum for our child's education, as I explained in the previous episode about being a curriculum and showing up for our child, that we're not doing that, that we're not improving the relationship or that we're not providing good guidance. And we can really feel kind of awful about that and guilty and concerned and ashamed about how we parent. We can also feel that we aren't valued by society, that parenting is this invisible job, that it's so hard and that we don't get paid for it, right? We can feel that we put in so much effort, but we don't see the fruits of our labor. And that's why I'm bringing this Olympic athlete idea here, okay? I am not talking about Olympians in the sense that they win a gold medal, in the sense that they have competitive drive. I'm talking about each of us stepping into a bigger vision for ourselves, even as parents, even the mundane day-to-day, you know, quote-unquote drab job of parenting, of wiping tushies, of making the food and cleaning up and wiping every surface possible and carpooling and bedtime stories and kissing boo-boos and all of these things that we do. I'm talking about stepping into an identity that actually is driven, that is ambitious, that sees this as an important, meaningful, worthy endeavor and of ourselves as you know, athletic champions at this relationship thing. Okay, I'm talking about modeling the people in the world who are out there making big things happen, maybe on the world stage, right? And understanding what it takes to perform at a high level. Of course, relationships are different. They are not sports in the traditional sense, right? And mom awards or dad awards, you know, mom of the year and dad of the, of the year, that's ridiculous to me. We don't actually need an award. And we certainly aren't in competition with other parents. But the key here is the athlete who knuckles down and looks at their own self and competes against themselves to improve for themselves. How can I make this year of my life more fulfilling, better, healthier, stronger, more sustainable? How can I be a better role model? How can I be an even more attuned and aligned version of myself? Not because I'm not enough as I am, not because this present moment is lacking, but because I take my life seriously. I don't take myself seriously, right? We should always have humor with regards to ourselves, but taking our lives and our roles and what we have to give seriously. And I think we all want that in some level, right? We all want to feel, we all want to look back and feel like I didn't just wing it. I didn't just muddle through the day. I didn't just survive. I thrived or I did what it took to thrive as much as I could, right? Again, as I always say, no such thing as perfection. That's not what we're aiming for. We're not aiming for the gold medal to be awarded to us by anyone else, not even our children. But we are aiming for an internal state 
of self-satisfaction in a positive sense, okay, not self-satisfaction and self-righteousness and arrogance, but being fulfilled, self-fulfillment, right? Self-actualization. And of course, this could apply to you in your work, in your business, in your job. It could apply to you in your recreational hobbies. It could apply in your friendships or in your health goals. It it could apply in many other areas of your life. But of course, I want to talk about parenting and how we apply it there. So how can we parent at the Olympian athlete level? How can we start to see ourselves as meaningful and our practice as meaningful? How can we start to see that when we show up each day, it matters greatly? And this practice of ours, this endeavor we've chosen to embark on, this journey of parenting is worthy, not of the applause and the scores and the medals that other people are going to give to us, but it's worthy because the reward is in the relationship. When we put in the effort in the way I'm about to outline, we get the results in the relationship with our child. I believe it. So I'm going to outline a few steps that I think we can take kind of borrowing from the language of being someone who trains every day and works towards a goal and wants to be a winner in our own lives. Again, just in our own lives, just in our own mind, feeling like a winner. What would that feel like? Because I can tell you that almost every single parent who DMs me on Instagram and writes me emails and joins my courses and memberships, almost every single parent doesn't feel like a winner, doesn't feel like a champ, like a gold medalist, like they're acing their life. They don't feel like a hero in their own life. Why? Because the parenting story is one of victimization, is one of self-depreciation, is one of self-sacrifice. I think we have to move away from self-sacrifice and into self-actualization. We, and this is a mindset shift. You might still be doing the exact same things you're doing right now with your kids, but instead of doing them from a place of, I have to, and it's hard, and I'm failing, we do it of a place of, I show up, and I put in the work, and it's so fulfilling and meaningful and energizing to me that I get to do this. So an Olympic athlete shows up every day and grinds, right? They do all of the, all of the practice, the day-to-day grind, but they're doing it from a place, hopefully, right? From a place of passion, drive, and ambition towards a larger goal. And so it doesn't feel meaningless. It doesn't feel uh, helpless. It doesn't feel like something that's being done to them. No, they chose this sport. They chose to you know, build themselves up to get stronger and more precise and more accurate and better and improve themselves and own and master an area that is meaningful to them. Well, as parents, what could be more meaningful than the relationship with our child? What would it feel like if we showed up like an Olympic athlete, ready, passionate, excited to be consistently doing the work it takes, doing the quote unquote grind it takes to show up at that level and perform at that level that brings us to our results, which is good relationship with our child. So let's look at the steps, okay? The first one, what do Olympic athletes do? Well, the first thing they do is they choose their sport. 
they choose something that is aligned with them, something that makes sense for their body and their interests. Now, if you look at the world of parenting like you would look at the world of sport, there are many different ways to be a great parent and to build a great relationship. And not all of them are right for all parents. Au contraire, right? The opposite is true. Only some parenting practices are going to be a fit for you, for your lifestyle, your personality, your belief system. Okay. And I don't know what those are going to be. I can tell you what some of mine are and some of my clients are, but I don't know what the practice, what the sport is going to be for you. Another way of looking at this is saying, well, everybody has their zones of genius. Okay. What is that thing that you have always done that comes easily to you and you are good at? Something that typically other people ask you for advice on or that you easily feel like you could solve this problem, but other people struggle there. Many of us have those areas, right? For some of us, and let's relate this to parenting, okay? For some of us, it's about creating a really lovely home environment to live in. Maybe you're great at keeping things neat and organized, or you lovingly prepare food in a way that's really invested and you think about health and and, and meal planning in, in a really holistic and, and beautiful way, or, or, or just in a yummy, delicious way. Maybe you're really good at creating fun. You like to go out and take adventures. You go to museums or on hikes or on trips or on boats or maybe outdoorsy and you know how to go camping or, I don't know, running, (laughs) all different ideas that you love to go on different adventures. Maybe you're a conversationalist. Maybe you love talking about philosophy or about ideas and exploring different realms of thought and ideology. Maybe you like talking about history and sharing your knowledge, reading books, finding out information. Maybe you like creating things, maybe painting or any other type of artistic exploration, dancing, changing up the energy. Maybe for you, it's just about empathy. You're just really available to people. You can sit and listen for hours. Or maybe you communicate your love and your zone of genius through touch. Maybe you're amazing at giving massages, at cuddles, at holding, at resting together. What is the easiest way for you to connect with your child? And of course, your child's zone of genius is going to come into this too. But can you look just like an athlete looking at their physique and what's available in their environment and what their parents are into and what they are interested in saying, well, you know what? I'm not built to be a hockey player, but I would make an incredible gymnast. Yeah. Within parenting, there are lots of different ways of doing a fabulous job. I know some parents who are amazing at being playful. They are terrible at organizing a schedule and getting out the house on time. They are terrible at making sure their kids brush their teeth or get into bed on time. But they are amazing at bringing in the laughter and the joy and the fun, and they can make their kids giggle at any turn. And I know other parents who are incredible at establishing rhythms and routines, but they are not going to make their kids laugh. They won't get into character or do silly things. There is no need for you to force yourself, if you're a square peg, into a round hole. There is no need. If you want to be an incredible parent and parent at an Olympic athletic level, you need to find your zone of genius and double down on that. 
And side note, if you're in a partnership, you need to allow your partner to do the same. You need to allow your partner to shine in their zone of genius as a parent and not force them into an incompatible sport, an incompatible role with their temperament and gifts. So think about how you express love, how you connect to your child, what you most love to offer, to give. What feels so great to you, so easy to you, so flowing to you that you could do it all day, that you could offer other people advice on it? Get to know yourself. What is true for you when it comes to bedtime, when it comes to birthdays, when it comes to solving problems? Are you excellent at bringing that calm energy and allowing your children to figure things out for themselves? Or are you really excellent at handholding and being more of a proactive coach? Both are okay. What do you bring to that, ta- to that table? Yeah. How do you treat screens? How do you treat food? How do you treat money? How do you treat time? Are you the type of person who wants to do, you know, half an hour of special time every single day and that's for you what parenting truly is? Or are you the type of person who wants to co-sleep and snuggle and cuddle all evening and that for you is what connection is truly, where connection is truly established? Are you the type of person who, you know, you're kind of focused on the weekends and making that a special family adventure? And that's your family's personality. That's your sport. You plan out these wonderful expeditions and you're in nature with your family or something like that. Or is it for you more about, you know, just being available day to day? And of course, it's going to be a mix of all these things, but get to know yourself. You know, I know that I am not the type of person who engages in imaginary play. I don't enjoy pretending to be a wolf or pretending to be the bad guy or pretending to be a baby. It's not my fun. Do I do it from time to time? Sure. But it's kind of like a hockey player doing some gymnastics. It's not my zone of genius. I'm not going to take that to the next level. I'm not going to make it one of these amazing memories for my children because uh, it's just not where I'm at. But I know that I'm brilliant at making my children birthday books every year and finding the pictures from that year and writing in little memories and giving that them that as a gift. And so I commit to that as one of my zones of genius in parenting as a way that I show love, as a way that I show up. What can you commit to, right? For me, cooking is not something that I do as an act of love because frankly, I don't love cooking and I'm not that good at it. And so that's something that, uh, you know, we got to put food on the table. So I'll do it or I'll get someone else to do it. I'm very happy when my husband can do it. I'm very happy to hire help with it. I'm very happy to buy store-bought food. It's just not my big zone of genius, right? But for many parents, that is. They're going to invest in making lovely homegrown, you know, from scratch meals. And that's an act of love for them. And they're going to double down on that. The key is not to spread yourself too thin and take on a million different sports when you want to be an Olympic athlete, yeah? If you want to get really good and really consistent and reliable for your children in your way of expressing love and in your way of showing up for them and in the type of parent you want to be, commit to those few areas that you shine in and don't force yourself to suffer through things that you don't enjoy. Many, many, many things can be outsourced or can be answered elsewhere, right? But if you want to show up wholeheartedly, Do the things that you love to do. So that's why I tell people, you don't have to get down on the floor and play with your child if you don't love to do that. 
if you love to talk about science and to experiment, or you love to go with them, you know, on hikes, or you love to teach them things, or you love to read to them, but you don't love to play with Lego, then that's fine. For me personally, I love to play with Lego. Building with Lego, I could do that for hours. I really enjoy it. And so that's an area that I make sure that I do with my kids. Okay, so choose your sport. What's your zone of genius? You are allowed to be a big deal. You are allowed to be an awesome parent. You're allowed to be an Olympic parent, but you got to choose the area that feels right to you in order to do that. You've got to allow yourself to be the type of parent that you are. Maybe you're a scientific nerdy parent. Maybe you're a silly parent. Maybe you're a fun parent. Maybe you're all of the above, but in different ways. Maybe you're just a really nurturing, empathic parent. Maybe you're a brilliant organizer and scheduler. These are all amazing sports to be Olympic athletes in. Just choose the ones that work for you naturally. The next one is to focus on compounding your results. Often, when parents are having a hard time with their parenting or with their children, they think they need some massive intervention, some dramatic change. Yeah. But I always am trying to urge people to take the long haul view, realizing that the small amount of sustainable effort over time compounds into massive results. So if you're struggling in an area of your parenting or struggling with your child because they're hitting, because they're not sleeping well, because they're not eating well, because they aren't regulating their emotions well or performing well in school or whatever it is, yeah, realize that Olympic athletes, when they want to get massive results, they show up every day and do a little bit of training. Maybe they do a lot of training. Maybe this is a bad example. But the point is that they don't expect to go from zero to gold in one day. The point is that they know that effort over time equals results. That you need to calibrate yourself in the right direction and then stay consistent. And that is the next point. I'll get to consistency in a moment, but let's just stay on this concept of compounding results. If you feel that you love reading with your kids, and that's one of your zones of genius, that's one of the areas you want to perform, yeah? But you let yourself slide, and sometimes you read, and sometimes there isn't time for reading, then you aren't capitalizing on the benefits of compound, of compounding your investments, on the buildup of a good habit over time leading to massive results. Because if you read for just 10 minutes a day with your child, that's over a thousand hours of reading to your child over the course of a childhood of 18 years, say. Of course, you're not probably going to be reading to your 18-year-old, but just go with me here. Just 10 minutes a day. But if you think of yourself as a great reader and you only do, you know, a book marathon once in a while because you suddenly remember that that's something that you like, then you aren't going pro. You're dabbling, you're playing the game, you're enjoying the sport here and there, but you're not a pro because a pro shows up and creates massive results by showing up every day. And what do I mean by that? Take a lot of very famous now authors and break down how they wrote their best-selling novels. Typically, in most cases, they didn't sit down and in one fell swoop create a masterpiece. 
Typically, the differentiation between the pro and the amateur is that the pro shows up day in, day out. And the pro realizes that I'll write a page every day or a paragraph every day, and in the end, the book will be written. The pro realizes that if I lift the weights every day and I do the cartwheels every day and I swim the laps every day, then over time I become a gold medalist. There are many other things that go into it, but that realization that there's an accumulative effect, right, of all of the things that I've put in over the course of the years that's when I'll see the results. And the thing is that many parents say, well, I told them how to manage their conflict, or I told him that he needs to tidy his room, or I told him that I love him. (laughs) He knows. Not realizing that it's the repetition, the repetition over time that creates effects. If you go to the gym once, you don't see any effects. But if you go every day for just a little bit, you may well lose a ton of weight and get super shredded, even if you're not there for a long time, because it's the high intensity, but consistent compound effect of the workout that creates that result. Half an hour a week of quality time over your children's childhood will accumulate into 468 hours of special time. So what can you show up with every day a little bit, every day a little bit of your zone of genius? If it's Being playful, can you be playful every day for five minutes? If it's reading, can you read every day for five minutes? If it's giving your kids a massage, can you do it every day? Or or close to every day. It doesn't have to be every day. Maybe it's every weekend. What are the things that you can stay with long enough to start to see the results? And let's lead into the next point, which is consistency. And it's the idea that when the going gets tough, the tough get going. If you are serious about creating that compounding effect, about creating the big results that you see years down the line, you'll need to commit to your parenting practice through thick and thin. This is how we show up for our children over the long haul. This is how we become that person, I believe, that they can depend on. Did you ever have anyone in your life like that, that consistently showed up? that was always there with integrity, the same again and again, putting their best foot forward for you. If you did, that's a huge gift that not many children have. The idea that I can always rely on, almost always, we're human, okay? So give yourself a 20% off, okay? But 80% of the time I can rely that my uh, you know, father will tuck me in with a kiss at night. 80% of the time I can rely that we'll have family dinners together and I'll be asked how my day was. 80% of the time I can rely on the fact that on my birthday we'll do something that I enjoy doing and that's special time for me. 80% of the time I can rely on it that my parents will make food for me and provide for me and it won't be, you know, a source of stress. What is the 80% that you can commit to in a consistent way? And maybe, you know, obviously providing food is a basic, but if that's an act of love, I mean, you know, that my mom will invest in our meals. That really compounds over the years into a sense of, wow, stability, love, reliability, predictability. You know, that's how you become that Olympic athlete of you give yourself an award for all of that investment. You know, I showed up day in, day out, and I gave my best in this area. 
I, I read to them from my heart. I taught them with passion. I listened to them empathically. I played with them playfully. I laughed with them. We got outdoors. We went on trips. We did adventures. I don't know, whatever it is for you, it could be simple and small, but it's something that you're bringing your whole self to, that you're allowing yourself to be an Olympic athlete at saying, this is me. This is me shining for my child. This is me really bringing myself forward and for myself too, right? The next one is cues. I recently read an incredible book that I recommend called Atomic Habits. And much of this is informed uh, what I'm saying here. And a lot of it is stuff that I had already kind of learned in other books, but it was kind of concentrated in a great way in that book. And one of the things he talks about is cues. I've called them triggers in the past or primers, but let's talk about cues for a minute. And cues are, what are the things in your environment or in your day that remind you of what to do. So for example, maybe five o'clock, when you see five o'clock on the clock, that's a cue for you that it's time to make dinner. Okay. Or maybe when you have books from the library, it cues you to sit down and read with your kids. Or maybe it's a, it could be a time of day or it could be something that you see. Maybe seeing that toothbrush on the side of the bathtub reminds you that you need to brush your kids' teeth. There are things in our environment that trigger certain behaviors, right? Olympic athletes have the cues to inform their good habits. Their environment supports their practice. So if you put an Olympic athlete in a home where there's, you know, beer in the fridge or sugary foods, they might fall off their Olympic athlete bandwagon pretty fast and hard. If you put them in an environment where it's hard for them to get to their practice, where their coach is not easily accessible, where their clothes for their workout are not so comfortable or their shoes don't fit quite right. If you make all of the good habits and good behaviors hard to access and you make hard, uh, you know, bad habits and bad behaviors easy to access, you're likely not to perform the way that you want to. Because what I learned from this book and what I've known to be true in my own life is that we don't actually have that much willpower to motivate us to choose good things. What we do have is an environment that either supports our good behavior or actually diminishes it and supports our bad behavior. Let me give you an example. If you put the charger for your phone outside of your bedroom, it's going to be much easier for you to leave your phone outside of the bedroom for the night than relying on sheer willpower to not bring your phone into the bedroom and look at it in, in the night or keep yourself up at night, right? Or if you switch your phone off, if you erase your social media apps, you're making bad habits harder and harder to access that way and you're more likely to succeed. On the flip side, if you cue yourself for positive things, right? If you leave good things there, like if you put something on your schedule, like special time with your child or reading time or a consistent bedtime routine or a hike out in nature, because that's what you want to do with your kid. If you put that on your calendar, if you set a reminder, or if you set out the right clothes for that the evening before, 
If you put out an activity that you would like for yourselves to engage in, right? I want to do more science with my kid. Well, if all the science kits are, you know, on the top shelf in the cupboard and I haven't cleared a space in the room and I don't have a table for it, then I'm unlikely to do it. I've got to set myself up for success by cueing the environment that supports it. So make the right things available, right? If you want to offer a consistent allowance, you've got to get the cash available in your home so that you have it to give to your child. If you want to do more art with your kid, you've got to create the space and make that readily available and easy to clean up. If you want to read more books to your child, you've got to get those books from the library and make sure you've got them and that you're excited to read new books. The next one is to create your identity around this. Okay, an Olympic athlete does not think of themselves as someone who does, you know, swimming, someone who sometimes swims. They think of themselves as a swimmer. You need to think of yourself as the type of parent who is, you know, a reader, a player, a provider, a nourisher, an empathizer, a hugger, (laughs) a hiker, whatever it is that you want to embed further into your identity, whatever it is you want to really perform well in, whatever it is you want to take to the next level and create real results over time, that this is something we bonded over. Let me give you an example. I have a brother who had a beautiful ritual with one of his sons that they would play Lego together every Saturday afternoon. And every Saturday afternoon, they sat down for about two hours and created something magnificent. And it was his special connection with his child. It was, you know, he works very hard during the week. He wasn't necessarily around that much, but this was something that they always did together. And what he did was every every week he would prepare a printout of some instruction, some inspiration to keep this fresh and real. It was almost like a practice. If you think of it like someone going to the gym, like an athlete, they show up, they make sure that they put the time aside for it. They make sure that they come with the right energy for it. They prepare, they cue their environment, they print out what needs to be printed out. And then they show up for that with their full energy because they realize that they are contributing to something meaningful over the long haul. It's not about that particular Lego session. It's about years and years of daddy being there for me and playing with me and putting a little bit of time aside in his busy schedule to do something that I and he love in his zone of genius, something that he can be authentically passionate about and that he can share with me. That is performing at an Olympic level when it comes to parenting. So can you create an identity? Not, oh, this is something I have to do. Like your identity is not, I change diapers. I bet that's not your thing. That's not your zone of genius. Okay, that's okay. That's just something you have to do. Fine. You can do it with a smile. You can do it without a smile. That's up to you. But there are some areas of parenting that, oh yeah, that is my identity. I'm that type of parent. I, that is part of who I am. And you can embed it further and start to think of yourself as that type of person. Like I'm the type of person who hugs I'm the type of person who uses terms of endearment. You know, this is an example from my own life. Growing up, my parents were warm, but terms of endearment weren't something that was there all the time. I remember, you know, here and there. I once visited with a family and I saw how the mother spoke to the kids and I was 
so lit up. I was so excited because I had never seen a mother talking so uh, warmly to her kids. And my mom's warm and, you know, love, shout out to my mom. She's awesome. But this was something I was like, oh, I think I want to be like her. I want to model that. And you can kind of model other parents' techniques and take it on as part of your identity. So she was, you know, her parents would come home and she was South African. So forgive my my crude South African accent, but it was something like this. She was like, oh my God, darling, I'm so excited to see you. My angel, come here. What can I give you? My gorgeous, my sweetheart. You are just my love. (laughs) Right. And I was like, whoa, this woman is like on fire with giving her kids these incredible turns of endearment. My angel, my love, my sweetheart, my, my gorgeous. And I was just like, wow, that kid must feel so loved right now. Now, some of us might feel like that's totally not my style, or you might feel like it's overboard. It doesn't matter. At the time, for me, that was something that I wanted to be also. I wanted to be this loving, 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 loving mom. And it doesn't come naturally to me, but I felt like it was something I could learn. It was something I could become. When you embed it in your identity, it starts to become more naturally to you. You start to practice it. You fake it in the beginning, right? Just like starting a new sport. You're not so clear about it. But then you get into it and it becomes a practice and it becomes part of your identity. So now part of my identity is being warm. That's part of my parenting practice. That's part of my sport. It's continuing to improve on warmth, continuing to choose to practice being warm with my interactions with my children saying things in a warm attitude, saying things with terms of endearment, rather than saying, pick that up, saying, darling, could you pick that up, please? So that's, for me, part of my practice. Okay, so not just my job, but part of who I am. The next one is that you have to fill your own cup. Olympic athletes cannot perform if they are depleted, exhausted, you know, in victim mindset. It's just ridiculous to think of that, right? So why do we think that we could be great parents if we are diminished in every other area of our lives? If you feel depleted and exhausted, if you feel like you haven't got your self-care up to scratch, if you feel like you're not okay, you're too tired, you're not eating well, your health isn't on track, if you're not okay, you can't perform at a high level. So I don't need to go into that in depth, but this whole idea of sacrifice is ridiculous. Do Olympic athletes sacrifice to get to where they're going? Well, some people would use that word, but I wouldn't. No, I would say they invest. I would say that they work hard. I would say that they do a lot, but it's not a sacrifice because they are choosing a result that they want that brings them meaning. You are choosing a result that you want. You want a good relationship with your child. You want to feel like you're acing it, like you're a gold medal parent for yourself, towards yourself. How can you possibly do that if you're depleted? How can you possibly show up for your child and for yourself in the way that you want to if your cup isn't full? It's just ridiculous. No one can play at their A game if they're not at their A game. So get to your A game first. This almost should go without saying, but if we're trying to model this high level of performance and it sustains over years, right? Olympic athletes don't just do this once at a time. They do it for years. We want to do this for the next 18, 25, 40 years, whatever, of showing up for someone, of being there for them, of being a great parent to them, of building our relationships as beautiful, incredible, meaningful relationships 
that we both walk away from feeling like winners, yeah, we're going to need to fill our cups up, right? We're going to need to be okay. So if that means your job or your workouts or your sleep needs to be revamped, do it. A hundred percent do it. You can't possibly perform at a high level for parenting if you're not giving yourself what you need to show up to your practice. And finally, celebrate your successes and learn from your failures. If you want to be at the high level of performance, you need to be self-reflective, but in a positive way. You need to be looking at, oh, how did I do that just there? And how can I improve? What was great about that? Go me, well done, let's celebrate. Let's pop some champagne. I, I, you know, I aced that tantrum or I, I aced that bedtime or I really showed up for this morning or, huh, that practice didn't go quite, quite the way I wanted it to. I fell, I stumbled, I did it wrong. I'm off my game. Why? Am I too tired? Did I drink too much last night? Did I let, you know, bad thoughts Self, uh, self-doubt self creep in? Was I too hesitant? That's probably why I didn't perform well. That's probably why I didn't handle the morning well. That's probably why I didn't wake up with a smile or manage to read more than one book to my child because I was just, I'm off my game. Okay, let's learn from it. If you want to be a high performer, you have to take the growth mindset of everything is a practice. This whole relationship is a practice. You and I, just by the way, we're not actually going to get a gold medal at the end, right? The gold medal is going to be a good relationship with our child, where we get to 18 years, 20 years, 25 years, and we feel good. We feel good in our relationship. We feel close. We feel connected. We feel warmth between us. We feel that it's a healthy relationship that there is emotional well-being between us, that there is much, much more stock in our emotional bank account than there is any sense of debt. That's the gold medal at the end. So when you celebrate your successes and you learn from your failures, you realize that it's always a practice, that you just keep showing up and trying again. But you don't just leave it up to chance. You don't just come to the gym when you want to be an Olympic athlete and just do any old workout. No, you are methodical. You try to do deliberate practicing, deliberate practicing where you're actually thinking about it. I'm not just waking up every morning and thinking, well, however the morning rolls out and however I show up is fine. No, I want to show up with deliberate practice. I want to show up better than I did yesterday. I want to try to do things differently and make strides so that my mornings get better and better with my kids or my bedtimes do or you know whatever it is our activities our discipline our meal time whatever you're struggling with so i hope that this will help you to realize that you are a big deal that your parenting matters that you are creating something meaningful that it will take years and years but that you can perform at peak performance not every day there will be many off days but those are just learning opportunities and as we do this as we treat ourselves like olympic athletes care about our self care care about showing up, creating an environment that is built for success and showing up consistently in our zone of genius (laughs) with a full cup. And then we can celebrate our successes and learn from our failures. Next week, we're going to talk about how to discipline our children, the true meaning of discipline and what it takes from us Olympic athlete style parents. 
If you're listening to this as it hits, then May is coming up, and that is the only time we open enrollment for Present Play, our global village where intentional parents thrive. We're kicking things off with a three-week live challenge starting April 15th. It's called the Reclaim Play Challenge, and it's designed to kick you into action with decluttering, strewing, and bundling. If you're not even sure what those things mean, you need to join us. It's going to revolutionize the way your child plays and the way you feel at home and as a parent. Go to theparentingjunkie.com forward slash challenge to sign up for free. Even if it's after April 15th, you can still join us. Thanks for listening to The Parenting Junkie Show. If this was helpful for you, I would be so appreciative if you would subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. Subscribing to the show means you'll get the bonus episodes that I only deliver here. And when you rate and review the show, it helps other parents find it. I'll be shouting out some of my favorite reviews in upcoming episodes and would love to spotlight you. And remember, keep on loving parenting and parenting from love. Namaste. Namaste.